You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. I'm Ricky, and with me always, as always, is my man, Fletch, and today is awesome. We are here. I'm so excited to introduce everybody and talk to my friend, Connie Vera. She's a real estate advisor with EXP Realty. I am here in Portland. I'm a big fan of her and so excited for getting to share and talk with her today. How are you doing, Connie? I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're stoked to have you. I've seen your signs around, but I haven't ever seen you. So met you, so <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> now you get the real deal. <laughs> Connie, yeah. Connie's a powerhouse. She's awesome. And I love the way she uses social media and connects with small businesses around town. And I love to hear more about how she does that. So when the way we do this, Connie, is we start every episode with everybody with a couple of fun icebreakers. Mm-hmm. And the question that I always ask everybody and want to know is, and this is a fun one because I know that you are a low-tech person. So <laughs> what is what is the last app that you downloaded on your phone? Oh, my gosh. I don't even... I have to look real quick. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. I have it. to look real quick, actually. <laughs> what is the last app I downloaded? And see, I know that... The Connie... EXP events. Yes, <laughs> for work. <laughs> oh, work apps, I, love it. I know that about you, that you're low-tech, even though you have a good social media presence. And I I'm, I wish I was as low-tech as you are. I, it's, it's something I strive to be. And, and I so, think I probably had to also change my password to log in to download it. Like that's, that's uh, me. So good. So, so good. So yeah. good. I love the responses of this pretty soon. We're about to launch this. And uh, so I guess we'll timestamp this episode that it hasn't quite been made public and everybody will know the questions that are coming. So, so it's still fun when they're a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so on my side, I have a little bit, it goes a little bit different direction. So if you were to have to throw away everything you've done and everything you are now as an adult and go back and become an athlete, become an Olympic athlete, what would be your sport? Oh, basketball. Okay. That's a new nice. one. Is, like that, is that an Olympic? That's not in the Olympics, is it? It totally is. So. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Team, at least All it right. used to be. I don't know. Men's basketball, there's women's basketball in the Olympics too, right? Okay, all right. I'd be in the women's Olympic uh, basketball team for sure. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We haven't heard a basketball player yet. Oh, I played so many sports as a kid. Uh, I was in softball, basketball, volleyball. I did a little tennis and swimming. So basketball is my favorite to play. Still, do you still, do you still hoop as they, as they say? Not, not much. No, I'm too busy. Like I yeah. could barely drop off my kids at soccer practice. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I know that life. I know that life for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's awesome. We'd love though to kind of transition into this episode a bit and give you the floor to kind of tell us about who you are and what you do and a little bit more about you. Sounds good. Well, I had asked Ricky for questions in advance and I know it's very just kind of informal. So I'm not sure how much I'll go back. It depends on how the conversation flows, but I am a mother of three awesome children. I basically had 
what they call Irish triplets back to back. And I am a, an amazing wife. I'm going to toot my own horn. Amazing wife and best friend to my partner, Carlos. We've been together for 22 years. He's totally my best friend and, and biggest cheerleader. And I'm a real estate advisor and entrepreneur with eXp Realty. I have done many different things in my life. And uh, yeah, it's been a pretty wild and awesome ride in the last four and a half short years that I've been um, actively a real estate agent. So that's fantastic. I love the fact that you're you're proud to be a, a wife and 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 mother. And those are those are something that that I hold dear as being a dad. And and uh, so that's on top yes. of being an entrepreneur and top well, all being a rock well, star I, agent, from my understanding. And I like let's point that out and pause for a second. Those were it's kind of like when you see on things of what you do and the order of it is. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a realtor. Right. Yes. I think I think that's important and yeah. just shows who you are. And so great to know. So I like I know you personally more than others, more than Fletch. And I what I really want thought would be useful for us to kind of talk is tell your story of a little bit of how you got into real estate. I know that you went from working at a Waldorf school into being a realtor. And that is a big jump. And <laughs> it being in realty and outside sales, we're both in insurance. So we know what that's about. You got to meet a lot of people. You got to really grind it out and you've become really successful. I'm a huge fan of you and what you've been doing. And you probably had to go and meet a lot of people and become well-connected along the way. And I, I figured we'd probably start there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah, I am a Waldorf. I was a Waldorf teacher and worked in administration and jumped straight into to real estate. I will say that from the outside, and this happens with a lot of people, but from the outside, oftentimes the perception is from point A to point B and like that little slice in life. But I really actually owe it to my entire life. Like who I am today and what I've done with my life and in every position that I've held prior to being a realtor all goes back to me as a kid. And so I'll just touch on that too. From transitioning from Waldorf to real estate really was uh, like a lifeline for me because there were things in the Waldorf school and we live in Portland and it's a very, very white city. Uh, and the lack of diversity from where I grew up in Los Angeles is prevalent. And as a brown person, I can feel and see it all the time. And so there were certain things that were happening at the school. And I am such a big advocate and behind the scenes when people don't see it, I speak up and I, and I bring things to the higher ups. And for close to a year, I can, I consistently got pushback. Um, trying to advocate for people, the, the small amount of people of color, the marginalized groups, the LGBTQ community. And over time, I just got burnt out because they weren't going to change their system. And so I quit. I turned in my resignation and I got my license in two and a half months and jumped into real estate. Uh, people thought I was crazy. They said that Portland is saturated with realtors. Yes, there are 10,000. I am proud to say I'm top 500, which is like point, I don't know, point zero something percent. And had I listened to that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And really, I think the people that are naysayers <laughs> to give me some fuel uh, under the fire that I had. So it was really out of like holding on to some lifeline, knowing I had to put food on the table 
and continue to, you know, support my family um, with my husband. And it was just like, it was just a one way street for me. There was nothing to look back to. So that's how I like prac like tactically went from point A to point B in that slice. But I'll say that, and, and Ricky, you know, some of this stuff too, but I grew up in a really traumatic childhood. I was abused physically and emotionally and verbally. I went to foster care. I advocated for myself. So I basically was supposed to be a ward of the state until I was 18 years old, but I emancipated myself out of the system before that through a compelling letter to the judge and was granted to live with my maternal, uh, my maternal aunt. Um, and since then, through fo- my, my experience in foster care, I've always had this grit because I know what it's like to be in the dark since I was a little girl. And, um, and crazy enough, I actually collected real estate magazines since I was about seven or eight years old, the free magazines that you would get at the entrance of the grocery stores. And I think in hindsight, it was because I was imagining a good and safe place to live one day. And so naturally it became a hobby since I was in, I don't know, second grade. And I ended up learning stats and how housing was like. So it was beyond just like the beautiful home. I started to really understand the neighborhood stats in in real estate. And later when I was adopted in high school, my adopted dad, my adoptive dad would actually save the real estate section of the, the newspaper and he'd be smoking a cigar on Sundays and I would be reading the real estate section in high school. So my I want to say like my inherent hobby love for real estate was actually since I was little, but it was, it all came, it birthed out of this trauma. That's yeah. awesome. That's incredible. Wow. It's, I, I kind of want to, you, you said a lot there and I, and I, I want to digest, take a step and digest some of that if, if I can, but it sounds like obviously there's some trauma and we don't need to dig into that here. That's not the time <laughs> or place, but you know, that that's a piece, right? That's an important yeah, piece. Absolutely. But, it also, I also heard in there that there was maybe definitely not to the extent, but there was some trauma of sorts that you were around or trying to help other people not have when you were in the teaching position, right? Yes. And I say, and I say that because my, my brain's going from here and trying to go all the way to here and rotate that into what you're doing now because you're yeah. wildly successful now. Yeah. Where I'm seeing that is, is you've, you've, experience this you put yourself around folks that that maybe it was a it was a it was a poor ended up being a poor situation probably wasn't the whole time but ended up being that way and now you've managed to create this successful business where you're choosing the people you're around you're choosing yeah. this this business and you're surrounding yourself and that's what i find fascinating is, is you've you've experienced all these things and now you found a path to be able to put yourself around the people you want to yeah. be around so and that's what I, I would act- love for you to hear, talk about. I, I actually held service leadership positions ever since I was young, right? So when I I graduated magna cum laude with a degree in journalism, I wanted to be an undercover reporter in North Korea. And I have family in South Korea and North Korea, who I've never met since the war. You know, obviously, this was pre-birth. But so I wanted to be an undercover reporter. And then um, I I didn't go that route. I went into communications and I worked as a, a development manager and I climbed to the top very quickly uh, working for um, the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. So I served people in that group. Later, when I had my first child, I got my master's degree at USC in education. I thought maybe transitioning to a 
uh, less demanding job in terms of like having the summer potentially off would be really suitable as a mother. Um, so I dove into education and teaching, which then landed me in the Waldorf school when we moved to Portland almost 10 years ago. I think the piece is, is that I've always connected with being a servant leader. And it's not just writing through life. And, and I never had an entitled mentality. I always fought for what I believed in. And I always fought for what I thought I deserved if I put my myself into it, right? So I'm not writing through life looking for handouts because nothing was ever handed out to me. And I think one of my biggest uh, weaknesses is actually asking for help because I have just been so, you know, independent at such a young age and fighting for, for, for myself and for other people. And I think naturally in, in my character and in my personality, no matter what, we should always have that perspective of wanting to help other people. And it's not like a tit for tat. I never think something's going to come back. But I've realized over the course of my 40 years on this earth, the more I give, the more abundant I am in my heart and in my life. It's just, it's almost like the universe conspires with you when you have an absolute passion to serve other people. And, and that's with any position. And so I think you have to have grit. You have to be smart. You got to research and know your shit. But on top of that, really have a fiery passion to help other people and they'll come to you. And so I've never strayed away from who I am as a person. I dance at for closings. I'm like known to be, you know, I'm not a dancer, but I just, I like to have fun. I, I bring joy. And maybe it looks silly to people. I don't care because I have felt the darkness in my own life where I protect my own joy and I protect the joy for others. So I think naturally when you do what you love, and this is that whole premise of like, don't follow the money, do what you love. This is exactly what has been unfolded in my life is do the thing that you love, which is me helping others and giving shout outs to the underdogs. Like, why, what, how is that going to impact your business in a negative way or yourself in a negative way? The more you uplift others, the more you shine too. And there's so much to go around. And I have such an abundant mentality. I, I'm really detracted to people who have limited mindsets. I'm, I really gravitate towards having an abundant mindset because there really is enough to go around for everyone. And I want to as I climb, I want to bring people with me. That's that's just my goal. And I think naturally, those people just gravitate towards that, you know, and that's where my clients have come from. It's, it's literally through word of mouth. I will say 98% of my business comes from come from referrals through friends or family. I when I started real estate, I didn't have much money. I was, I mean, I was a Waldorf teacher. We were making like $20,000 a year. I only had enough money to buy business cards. I didn't have all the bells and whistles or whistles and bells or, you know, I just, I had what I had at like marketing wise were business cards. And I went and I just, I, I hit the ground running by, by helping people and, um, and connecting with people. That's I, I love that. I, 
I think that is so awesome. And I see it. And I'm sure there's people listening to this that see that and see you listening. You know, the way that you connect what you do with other small businesses around town, I think speaks to that. And then, and, you know, all the tricks of social media, I shouldn't say tricks, just for lack of a better word, but the ways of when you're tagged and you share those audiences and networks with each other and people see what you're doing and are all attracted to that same sort of what you're talking about, help and support of others. Which is crazy because I don't even know those tricks if there are tricks and algorithms. I have literally the low tech person in me. I do not know how it works, but all I know and I firmly believe because I don't know, Do is there really like the, is there one thing that works? I have no idea if there's like a master controller of all of this, but I think that when you when you are out there and supporting and doing the things that you love and, and supporting people that you want to support, there are going to be people who are upset or jealous or whatever. Like I've had, I've had that too, but those are not your people, right? Like I'm trying to weed out the people I don't want to work with and attract those. And I think the more we can tag other businesses and share, share who they are in the limelight, there's just, you, there's no harm in that at all. (laughs) No, that's great. Is that, I just love hearing that, that you're, you're truly about helping those either less fortunate or with without, you know, without as much, right? Without as much abundance and lifting them up. And I'm sure you're an inspiration for so many of those people too. And and who knows what'll come out of that, right? Uh, right, yeah. From the smallest person, I mean, you can, who knows, right? Like if you inspire somebody, they could become the next, you know, big name somewhere, you know, or, or, or abundantly help someone else. Right. I think, I think the world needs more of that. And that's absolutely for that for sure. It's all, and it's all energy too. I feel I'm really big on energy and you know, when you've been in a room, if someone has like really just angry, you know, that sense, that feeling, that angry energy, and you're just like, Whoa, can't be around that, you know? And then contrary to that, the positive energy, when they're, when you're around people who are positive, like you just want to be around them all the time. Right. And so I think too, over the years, like I've been so dedicated to making sure I have to protect my space as well, because even as a giver, I am, I am definitely a people pleaser and a giver and you can get burned out by that too. And so I have over the course of my years and, and having three children that I have to also, you know, mother, um, you have to get really focused on who you have in your own environment as well. Like, are you going to be around people who bring you down and, and suck out that energy? Or are you going to align yourself with the people that are on the same path and same mission and bring you up too? So I think a lot of that has to do with mindset. Mindset kills everything. You know, if you have a negative mindset, it it really deteriorates like your your focus and the positive mindset it really leads you onto a better path so that's another thing too is i really put i really protect my mindset so where do you you know if we can get a little bit more specific and and detailed on this is you you talk about you know surrounding yourself with the right people and 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 being around you know people with a positive mindset and abundance mindset and those types of things you know where are you spending your time you know where where are you finding and, may, and maybe this isn't going to be the same for everybody right but yeah. you know are you you know volunteering at your your kids school or are you going to networking groups or you know what are you doing specifically to you know and finding the people like you 
Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. And Ricky and I gently touched on this before you came on, but um, I unconventionally, I, 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 this is probably a very unpopular way of saying it, but I don't like to call it networking. I actually like to call it relationship building. I don't have a goal to like get something out of it, but only to build relationships. And that comes from a very authentic place. Uh, and I, I should be volunteering that you say, now that you say volunteering at the school, I should probably vol- be volunteering more at my children's school. But I actually just inject myself in the places where I know bring me joy. I don't know if there's any other job out there that allows for me, for anybody to do that, you know? And the whole point of that positive energy, if you're doing something that you don't like to do, but you're doing it just it, because of it, you have that that energy that isn't as positive and joy-filled, right? And so you're not going to attract the people in that sort of like wavelength. So I do the things that I love and that really fulfill me because it brings me on a much higher level. And those are the people I want to be around. And we naturally attract, we're, we're gravitating toward each other. So one, I love to volunteer for Project Lemonade. It's a foster organization. And having been through foster care, I'm like a big sister. You know, um, I go in and I speak to uh, the foster youth interns. I was just asked to join their scholarship committee to fill the gap in the scholarship applicants. So I'll be doing that. I, I go to bar three, like almost every day because mindset is key. And where are you going to give, get that high energy? You have to, I have to work through it physically too. Um, so that's a community I plug into. And I honestly, I check in with my, my people, my clients, my past clients, my friends, and, you know, all my clients actually become friends. And so I just really, they're all friends, but I check in with them. If I think about them, I give them a call, I send a text message. I just, it really comes from an authentic place of like, just checking in, saying hello. I see something that, you know, someone shared. And I actually, I think I did this. I even did it with you, Ricky, when Maiden won like the award for running or something. Yeah. I like yeah. sent in a, I just sent a little card and a little um, Cloud City ice cream That's right. gift card. That's to right. Maiden. I remember that. Yeah. My daughter. You know? And it's, and it's just from, it's coming from an authentic place of, I see you because I think in our lives and, and especially, I mean, what's happening in the world right now is just horrific, but I think I think inherently we all want connection. We all want to be seen and we all want to, you know, be heard. And it doesn't take much to make someone feel that way. And so it's my, I feel like just in my character, it's in my bones to do that. And there's so many people I could reach out to every day. And it's so hard to keep track of everyone. But I just know that if the universe plants a, a thought into my mind about someone, it was given to me for a reason. And that I, I have to do it right then and there. I have to reach out. So that's really where, where it all comes from. It's, it's really my, my sphere of friends, my past clients, and the places I go to regularly, like working out. I work out, um, you know, volunteering for Project Lemonade. And supporting local businesses, giving shout outs to them, because damn, it is hard. (laughs) It is hard right now, too, with our economy. And um, giving a little shout out to a small business, it that I think word of mouth is probably the biggest advertisement, in my opinion, 
than anything else that you can pay for. I That was kind of a mic drop moment, I think, right there, Connie, because we do get into a lot of tactics in on some things in this show, you know, of how to work a, a networking event and a room and, you know, how people create systems to meet people. But it's not, and, and relationships come up a lot, but really getting into that's all that you do is maintain those relationships and that's what keeps you well-connected. And, you know, in times like this, where for in the, in the world of real estate, inventory, at least in, here in Portland, where all of us are, is low. Mortgage rates are outrageously high, right. you know, and being able to just be that authentic you and stay connected to those people is what is going to keep you as a realtor when the dust settles and the cycle goes back from such right. a hard market compared to the other agents that are looking for new jobs. Yeah. It's always relationships over transactions. I don't care about what the price point is. I don't care about anything. I'm I'm so inclusive, including, and that's why I don't say I'm a luxury realtor. I do. I sell luxury homes. I list luxury homes, but I also help new buyers, right? And I sell lots for $100,000. I'm all price points. I'm all inclusive. I think, and I think really you just give luxury service to everyone. And that really stands by my own way of living as a diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate. I don't, I don't, I know there's a lot of people that have systems and a niche and all of this and the avatar and, and what that I have. I literally come and from a place of authenticity and and nurturing the people that have supported me and vice versa. I think too much though is when when you do get into the weeds of systems and you start to automate things and you start bringing chat GPT and all the AIs that are out there, which I don't even, I mean, <laughs> who knows what's out there. There are things I probably don't know, but um, then you take out the humanness in it, right? And and at the end of the day, look at the pandemic. Everyone wanted to be connected because we were forced to be separated. So you bring in all this technology and all these systems. And I'm not saying systems isn't good. I think it's good to have. But to a certain point, because we're losing human connection, at the end of the day, I swear, no matter what, AI, ChatGBT, all the technology, if they go away and you don't have that human connection, I don't know what you have because we're all human. We all thrive on each other's empathy and service toward each other. There is not an automated system that's going to do that for me. I love that. That is something. And I'm a tech guy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not very good at it, but I like <laughs> it. I think it's super interesting. But I think you can use it to your advantage in so many different ways. I think it is important to a certain degree. Sure. But I, I and Ricky's heard this in the last couple of days, but I've just really started realizing something in that. Our day-to-day -day lives, we run into so many people and we can get caught up with, with these things. Oh, phones, uh, yeah. Phone, right? Where we're getting our hair cut or something like that and we're on our phone. When we could be having a conversation with the barber, yes. you know, we could be having, you know, the conversation with our massage therapist while I like to sleep usually through those. But, um, but you know, the point being is make those relationships with all those people and share that, share the love. If they do a good job for you, share it with somebody else. Absolutely. Uh, and it's uh, it's been something powerful that I've learned in the last week that I have not been actively doing. And it sounds like you're a rock star at that. 
Well, because I, it, because that's where the relationships are. How are you going to form new relationships if you're literally like this all the time, right? And so you got to put it put it down. I mean, there's a time and a place for all of this, but at the same time, how are we connecting? I think really, and especially in the Waldorf world, and my kids are, are Waldorf kids too, it's the care and concern for the other. How are we growing up to be critical thinkers and having just the care for another human being. And there's such a lack, there's, it's lacking now in society because of all this technology and a lot of the video games. And again, like I'm not putting any of that down. I think that there's a time and a place and there's some kind of flexibility and balance that need to happen. But the more we're stuck on these little screens, we're not engaging, you know, we're not engaging in the children. We're not engaging with our neighbor. We're not engaging with the, you know, person cutting your hair or checking out at the grocery line. You know, I always am asking, you know, how are you? I mean, I don't even know if people ask that very often anymore. Like, how are you? And please and thank you. All of these things are just so important in our daily lives. And I think that that eye to eye connection is just is so important. And you do, but you do need, you need the screens a little bit that helps oh, keep sure. that helps keep the connection. Yeah, you know? and I'm hoping somebody's exactly. going to watch the show. So. Like when or you mentioned show, so. sending <laughs> sending Maiden the congratulations card and the ice cream and that was cuz you saw on Instagram or somewhere that she hit her 100 miles of the 100 mile club. Absolutely. You know, and, and yeah. you stay top of mind for your buyers because of what you do, your social media activity. Exactly. But you're not just sitting there consuming. It's that there's a difference, right? Like you're no, right. I'm not trying to argue with you. I just just wanted to point out and not get people so lost on, wait a minute, but you were talking about how you connect with people on social media, but you're, then you're just saying no screens, like, right. Like there's a, there's a real balance. There's a balance. And And I think that balance is hard to find with people. Yeah. And I, and I, it's hard to find because you can doom scroll and don't get me wrong. I've doom scrolled for days on, on (laughs) the internet. Like I'm like, it just is a rabbit hole where my ADHD brain will go in various directions that never even had anything to do with why I turned on my phone in the first place. But again, I think it's with purpose. I think everything that we do should end up with some kind of purpose. And when I'm going online it's and I see information, what am I doing with that information? Am I just sitting there to consume it and being numb to it? Or can I actively do something with that and celebrate someone or support someone or even send out just, I'm thinking about you. Like during the pandemic, that my first full year in real estate, I started in 2019. And my first full year in real estate, I sold 27 homes. And I mean, it was wild. I became the top 20 at my market center when I used to be with Keller Williams. I The first five months, first four months, I would say, I didn't have any business. But I hosted everyone else's top team's listings, open houses on the weekends. I worked six out... like four to six open houses. So I had to strategically go 10.30 a.m. to 12.30. Then the next one I could get there at one and I can do one to three. And then I can do maybe a twilight open house. I was grinding every weekend and I had some tears because it's not easy. It's not easy to get your first, you know, first client. And um, I, th- I don't know where I was going with this actually. 
there was something I was gonna there's I was gonna say something about it, but uh I mean you show tenacity in everything you do. It sounds like it's I mean ultimately you're you're passionate about this. You're you're going after what you want, who you want to be around, what you want to get. You're not someone to be just you know dissuaded it seems like it you know i think that's a superpower yeah well, I think- well and it's all about joy if she wasn't enjoying it clearly wouldn't be doing it i think is what you've pointed out a few different times yeah. right like and doom scrolling isn't joyful no Absolutely. <laughs> it's not, that's not a that's not an activity that does any good for anybody right, right. no it's and just really thinking like when you're sharing things, I'm also very vulnerable online too. I share about my experience in foster care. I share my story. I think being vulnerable is what what I've learned is that it makes other people connect with you and really think you're human, right? Like I'm not just post, I don't post like stagnant, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Like that's not me. It, it, it doesn't speak to my heart. And so I don't share it. What I feel connected to and what I want to share from an authentic place of sharing my story. I've been through hard things. You know, here's my family all and also educational things about real estate. All those pieces have come together and have informed others about who I am as a person, how I stand up for my community. And I also am a badass real estate agent where I can either, whether I'm representing a seller or a list or a buyer, I can save you thousands and thousands of dollars and really, really advocate for your needs because I've been doing that shit since I was in elementary school. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's the other piece is being authentically you. Yeah. Whether it's online or in real life, that allows you also to be, to have joy in your life when you don't have to put on that mask or put on the show to think that you need to have this persona for people. You are, it is Connie Vera. You can take her or leave her. Exactly. And And that's how you attract your people. You're attracting the real people you want to work with because they see you and they, they like what you're offering and they know that you could be friends after this, right? Like that's, that's who I'm attracting. And that's why pretty much every client I have are become friends because we actually like the same things. (laughs) We stand for the same things. There's no, we don't, we're, we're so similar. And again, I don't think that there is, it's like, I don't think it's rocket science. If you show up as who you are, you're going to naturally attract the people that align with your values. And if you don't, if you have the naysayers, great, weed them out. You don't want to work with them anyways. It's not worth your time or, or the money. I think this goes without saying, because it's something that, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm dense sometimes, but I want to point this part this part out is you mentioned a couple of times before that you know you were basically had some tearful times when you were first starting out some some hard times and I'd imagine like any business owner things get hard right yeah but you still love what you do right I guess what I'm try- I want to ask is is do you think some of that that you love what you do is because you are so brutally honest with the people around you you know you're putting out in the world exactly who you are you said you're being vulnerable you know, and that attracts the people you want to be around. I'd imagine you having those people around with you, around you is part of why you love what you do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people that your environment is everything, right? Like if you were to work at any, in any company, 
if you don't like your team members or you don't like the your boss, I mean, your your daily life is miserable, right? Like I've been there. And so when you are attracting the people that jive with you and have the same energy or, or align with your values, it just, it makes it better. It makes even the hard times better. And now I remember what I was going to say. It was to the 2019 into 2020 when the pandemic hit, like it wasn't easy. And my first full year, I had sold 20, I sold 27 homes and became a, a member of the I was qualified to be a, a member of the Portland Metropolitan um, Association of Realtors. And now I'm a multi-diamond level member. But during the pandemic, there were no open houses. Like people didn't know what was going on. And I, no one said this, no one, I, it's it literally just out of service. Again, I called all of my friends who are at that vulnerable age my friends' age range is like, they're all over the map. And I called some of my older friends who may be impacted more by COVID. And I called each and every one of them and said, hey, I'm going to Costco. Do you need anything? And most of them said no, but obviously appreciated my, you know, my offer to help get them groceries because no one wanted to go out. Everyone was double, double gloved. And I will tell you that Within nine months, fifty uh, percent of those people that I called, I had no idea, literally no idea, that they had multiple properties. That some of them were silent investors. They all called me to do business with, and and it literally stemmed from making that one phone call to say, "Can I get you groceries from Costco? I know that that you're not going out to to get it yourself." So it was from a place of authentic service that that my business exploded within nine months that's fantastic i don't even know I mean, what to say <laughs> it's it's be of service right like without expecting anything from anybody it's always just showing up to help someone and not expecting anything because you just don't know what's going to come back yeah and you never know when those opportunities arise from what or you know it's just you're putting enough good out into that world but eventually it's going to come back to you. A thousand percent. And treating people just the way you want. I mean, these are all like back to basic stuff, but it's just something that I've always held on to. And it doesn't, it's never faltered. Like I had a client who first time buyer, $350,000 home. Guess what? I got two referrals from them and their family and friends who are multi-million dollar purchasers, right? Like you also don't know who these people know. <laughs> Treat everyone like their luxury and you never know what comes back. Like I had no idea, but because I gave, and they actually had a different realtor and they said the realtor didn't call them back. They felt like their price range probably wasn't important. They weren't important enough because of their price range. And they felt so honored by my work that they started spreading word about me and they gave me multi-million dollars in business return, you know, back. So that is super right there is, is I, I see that in my business over the last 15, 14, 15 years is that if you treat someone good, no matter who they are, their socioeconomic level, and you treat everyone as well as you do your fancy, wonderful, you know, those are great too. Eventually you help those people and they will feed it back to you tenfold or more. Yeah, like it's, absolutely. It's so 
One of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou. And, and she said, you'll never remember what people actually said, but you'll always remember how they made you feel. Right. And so over the years, I mean, you can even probably go back to school and elementary school. Like you may not know, remember exactly what you learned in that class, but you probably remember a favorite teacher just because of how that person made you feel right. Or inspired you or motivated you. And so each and every day we're all human and we have, you know, some bad days, but each and every day I really strive to be that person that has made some kind of impact on another human being where they felt like later down the road, I made an impression that was positive. Doesn't matter what I did, but I want to be that person for them. I had so many that allowed me to survive through my tumultuous times. So knowing that that's what kept me alive, there's, we all have a story. We all have hardships in our daily lives. We're str- somebody's struggling with something, right? And so why not make that positive impact on someone else? And the, again, the universe, I truly believe the universe conspires to um, like give you your dreams so long as you are, you know, doing it the right way. Have you ever read the book, The Go-Giver? No. You would probably love it because it is all about what you're talking about. about, Really? Okay. Yeah. And I'm just, that was kind of just a side thought, but I am just really impressed of hearing you today talk about coming from trauma and all these things getting in your way and not only just making it happen, but continually wanting to help others and be a positive when so many people from those circumstances say, woe is me. Oh, it's not my fault. Oh, well, what is that guy going to get me? Why should I help that person? I mean, that mindset is incredible that you, I just think really is some remarkable. Yeah. I hope we can all practice that. I think it's really more of a way of life, right? It's, I don't have a religion that I'm attached to, but my practice is just more spiritual. And I think that if we can practice that and see another human being as a, you know, as a human being, then I think we would all be in so much in, in a better place. I will give another example like this week, what's happening, you know, in the Middle East. I just reached out to some friends who have family in Israel, who have who are Palestinian on both sides. And I just wanted to say, look, I am so sorry for what's happening. And I hope you're taking the time to take care of what you need to do for yourself. But if you need me, I'm here, right? And every single one of them replied back and said, you're the only person that has reached out. And I was just like, how, how was, how? And it was literally out of my authentic care and concern for that other person. And so I think we just need to just think about who's being impacted in the world, what's happening, whether it's not good or great, like celebration wise, it doesn't matter. Just send that little note to someone, say that you're thinking about them, say that you're there for them. I think that's great. And it's, it's something you, like we were talking about earlier, doom scroll, occasionally we'll find those people, those, those influencers that talk a lot about that. Um, But what we find is most people don't really do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, meeting someone like yourself, who is really doing it, that is your, that's your plan. That's your, that's what you're doing, right? In, in you're living that. And it's, it's, showing you rewards, but it's more than that. It's giving, it's rewarding everyone around you is, I think that's powerful. I think that's a good lesson that I think anybody can take away, right? Is is just be a good human to other people. And 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's the biggest takeaway, right? Just be a good person and consider and thoughtful and helpful for others. Right. And you will have that maintaining relationships isn't this big tricks. It isn't tactics. It isn't, there are ways to network and do hard networking groups and events and all of this to go and meet people. But what it all comes down to is being a good person and looking out for others, for looking out for others. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that how, there's so many networking events, right? There's so many. And I have, like I was telling you earlier, like a lot of lenders calling me now because business is slow, but it, but then you also are like, well, where were you <laughs> the last couple of years? You know, like it's, you can feel it when it's almost inauthentic, right? Like you can, I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. I know like now, now you need something and now I get a call. Right. And so you just know when people are coming from a place of authenticity and just planting those seeds and, and really just going back to the basics of, of serving others. Can't fake and again, the not to negate though, that it is a lot of freaking hard work. I work every single day, 24 seven. Uh, I've responded to messages during funerals. I have responded messages during baby showers and weddings. So uh, uh, yes, it's also very hard work. <laughs> Yeah. But also be do hard work and be a good human. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the name of the episode. Do hard work and be a good human with Connie yes. Vera. <laughs> yes. Um well Connie, we gotta be we wanna be respectful of your time, our audience's time. We're coming up here close to an hour. We got a few minutes left. We always like to wrap it up with, you know. People may want to connect with you, reach out to you. It sounds like there's less real, there's going to be less realtors to reach out to <laughs> the way the market's going. How do, how would you like people listening to connect with you, whether it's to talk about networking, buy a house, look, sell a house, whatever the, it might be. How, how do you want people to connect with you? Well, I have my email address. It's Connie at ConnieVera.com. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. It's Connie Y Vera. Uh, is my IG handle and, or you can call or text me 503-890-0654. And we'll put all that in the show notes for the spelling. Great. We'll make sure people can get a hold, get a hold of you that you're, you're someone worth getting a hold of. But last little question here, and it kind of goes along the same lines. If someone is lucky enough to meet you and maybe you guys are going to go out for coffee, we'd love to know what your coffee order is. It's very simple. It is just coffee with extra half and half and a, and don't forget the cinnamon <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing cinnamon. fancy it's just coffee cream and cinnamon powder <laughs> i love it i love it well thank you so much for joining us today this was this was uplifting and it's it's so much value in there i just i'm, I'm so so glad we were able to officially meet yeah, thank you for having me. It's just it's an honor to be asked to be, you know, to share my story and hopefully it inspires other people and yeah. And if there's an agent who also needs support, I'm here to support agents cuz I don't believe in <laughs> the limited mindset either. So. Yeah, and you know what I'm finding and this one really just kind of brought it home for me is you know, we want to help people connect with people, be well connected, stay well connected, because we do believe, like you're saying, some of that human connection is lost and got lost in the COVID era. But 
What an inspiration, your story and all the stories we've heard so far of how people have made it by doing that. And I'm just, you got me all fired up to, you know, make sure that I check in with that person and send that note that I think about, but then get busy and don't. So I am so thankful for your story and time, Connie, and I thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. It was so fun. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights.